On this episode, we get into what is an arborist. We realize this question is one of those questions that we can't do in one show, so it's going to be a reoccurring theme. But we really enjoy getting into it a little bit and figuring out, at least scratching the surface of that subject. And without further ado, I guess we'll just get into it. We'll take care of some of the business and then we'll get to it. Hope you enjoy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, a substitute for professional arboriculture advice and should never be relied upon to perform or direct arboricultural work. The Tree Thinking Podcast makes no representations as to the accuracy, completeness, or suitability of any information on this podcast and will not be liable for any damages arising from the use of any information in the practice of arboriculture or tree work. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guests and their appearance on the podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The podcast and its hosts are not to be held responsible for misuse, cited, and or unsighted copies of the content within this podcast by others. The Tree Thinking Podcast may not be reproduced or distributed without the express written consent of the Tree Thinking Podcast. The definition of an arborist according to the Webster Dictionary. A specialist in the care and maintenance of trees. According to the Cambridge Dictionary, it's a person whose job it is to take care of trees and make sure they are healthy and safe. However, this just scratches the surface. We are everything from scientific intellectuals to knuckle-dragging grunt workers. Some of us are trying to understand the language of sentient beings, while others are just trying to make a paycheck harvesting raw materials. Some work in offices, some in labs, and others hang hundreds of feet off the ground all day. We are tree people. In this episode of Tree Thinking, we will coil the ropes, run our experiments, and crunch the numbers as we try to figure out what is an arborist. All right, so uh, <laughs> we're here, episode two. We're going to be looking at what is an arborist. Right. My name is Andrew Myron. Find me on Instagram at NWTreeGuy. I'm Corey Shields. Find me at Instagram at uh, ShieldCo21. Uh, Becca Snowdale, Rainbow underscore Volcano. And Jamie Schlittenhart, Modern underscore Arb. I think your name is Aaron Myron from what I saw in the tree stuff videos. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I that too. You got it wrong. Aaron. But you know what? That's awesome because my best friend growing up, yeah. is his name's Aaron. We've been friends since first grade and we're still friends. Our families go on vacation the whole nine. He's a great guy. My whole life, you know, Andrew and Aaron has been mixed up. So oh, I yeah, saw yeah. that. I was like, yeah, you know, it fits. Take it. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> um, that was awesome. Although I got to say, Becca, you stole the show with uh, wrench dressing. Wrench dressing, yes. I'm, uh, I'm stoked that I eked out one pun that <laughs> more than one person actually had a hearty laugh at. Oh, oh uh, it, it, it's kind of a theme on the show. Yeah. Becca's puns. I can die happy. Yeah, I just wish they uh, were showing Corey's face to go <laughs> along with Becca's puns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like that really drove home the point. Oh. Incredible that pun was. Yeah, that, that was what my face was saying. Yeah. All right. Well, tonight we are talking about what is an arborist. It's a kind of tricky subject because we all take a different angle at this industry and we're all doing our thing to try to make a buck or, you know, trying to better our life. But it's an interesting thing because I know people that are 
ISA certified arborist that got there through working, you know, a summer job for years and they were just really good at taking tests. And so now they're a certified arborist. And I know people that have been doing it for years and they're great pruners, great arborists. And they just, you know, in their mind, they don't want to have to go get this certification and pay a bunch of people money to tell them that they know what they already know they know. So it'll be interesting kind of getting into this a little bit. Hopefully we'll be able to uh, talk to some arborists that uh, we know locally um, and get their opinions and uh, kind of get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think either route is wrong. No. You know? What I see the certification is, is it's kind of like a commitment to continuing education. I mean, you don't have to have that certification to do it, but that seems to be what it stands there for, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think as with any profession, it it doesn't necessarily legitimize you as a professional, but it it's it's a little badge. Like you get a gold yeah. star. You actually get a badge. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. actually do get a badge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A patch. Um. Yeah. 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 We're we're not cut cops. We don't one patch, patch, one sticker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. But you get them once every three years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> not that stingy. Good to know. And you can have a little logo on your letterhead. Ooh. Oh yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> that Wait. sweetens the deal. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Before we get too far into that, though, I think we need to look at a bad tree joke of the week. It's um, so. This week, two days in a row, I saw two different conifer trees that had um, co-dominant limbs, like big, starting at the base. And um, and what had happened was the, the main leader grabbed onto the, the secondary with a branch, and they just like compartmentalized yeah. over one another. Yeah. I saw that two days in a row. I've never seen it before. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. Um, Obviously, I like was really jazzed about it, but um, when I was like going to, <laughs> you already know. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm just ready. It's yeah, I, went good. To, I went to put, uh, you know, pictures of these beautiful specimens and this awesome phenomenon that I had the pleasure of seeing two times in two days on my uh, on my social media outlets, and I was like, hmm, what do I say about this? And I was just like, I know, hashtag. Brace yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get it? And nope. that's the bad joke of the week. I still don't get the joke. Could we <laughs> maybe explain it a little bit more? Not for you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. You Good either know or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of people, a lot of people told me that across my lifetime, and I, just, I still don't get it. All right, so we will move on to tree stories from the field. I don't have any this week, so you guys are going to have to help me out here. You're going to have to save me. <laughs> I, I was not prepared. Myron, the master of stories, does not have a story this week. Wow. I yeah. Know. It's a shocker. Becca, I think you have two, so maybe we do one of yours and one of mine. One of yours. Well, I just spent one of mine on the tree joke of the week. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> that was, but the second one um, was from last week, actually. I, um, for the first time, climbed an aspen tree, and it was kind of spindly. Terrifying? Yeah, it was yeah. a lot bouncier than I thought. <laughs> like, uh, you know, even a very light breeze. And it, uh, like, it another theme here with me this week has been co-dominant stems, so it had two 
two big leads and uh, the smaller of the two we were going to reduce to prioritize the the main so Jamie actually helped me out a ton with that um just because like my work positioning was <laughs> I mean, it was the first time climbing a tree like that so um I uh anyways I I think the takeaway from it for me was I, d- I did a uh, moving rope to get up there the higher the tie-in point the better even if it seemed to me that the higher I went, the the smaller the the branches were, and so I was like, oh, I would rather I don't know, because uh, the only thing I've climbed similar to those have been cottonwoods and Corey. I think I was with you when I I put my um, lanyard around a it was like a three inch cottonwood branch, and it just like broke out on me while I was working. But oh man. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, it's when it's the first time doing something in a new tree, you're not sure how it's going to behave. Yeah. Um, I had you capture like multiple branches, exactly. you know, obviously every tree is different on how big of a tie-in point you're going to go. Yeah. So yeah, I was totally confident in what you were tied into. And, you know? and that made me feel so much yeah. better because yeah. at first I was like, <laughs> and, um, and it was just so cool because, you know, if you, I was putting my lanyard around the second lead and kind of cinching the like almost like bracing cabling the tree together with my with my system but i i guess the takeaway for me the story the reason that this is a story is because it's so different when you see something from the ground and you look up and you're like that's not that tall that's only a couple of cuts you know and then when you actually get up there and you're you're not just looking at the tree but you're feeling it because you're like that's your ground yeah. It's totally different and it and it way increases the, you know, it, it and that job was fun. It was mm-hmm. like right the perfect amount of uh sketchy and fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, really thankful for that and that is my story. Yeah, and I I pushed you again on that red maple. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah there was, was a cut. Too. It could have been done on the top of a ladder with two pole saw extensions it wouldn't have been the prettiest cut so that was my motivation to her like i can do it but it's not gonna look good so it's yeah. like this is a hack job and it's on you not me <laughs> <laughs> coach her through it i mean it was it was a really tough rope angle but the way she was able to get her lanyard and everything it was all like super controlled and nice it's just it's hard to step up past a certain rope angle you know oh yeah, uh, yeah. and there wasn't anything for me to stand on yeah really. no so i had to like yeah. no you did great though that was Thanks. awesome yeah, well, that was and that's how you find that perfect mix of sketchy and fun yeah you know and when you find that you're doing it right yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> if you're not too sketchy but enough so it's got you thinking just a little bit mm-hmm. you know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I might have uh, slipped out a swear word or two up there. I'm like, oh, the clients are around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they expect it, you know, yeah. the, the tree crews in town. Right. <laughs> Corey, got, cool. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, so I was doing a bid last weekend um, around here in town, and there was a habitat tree. So I, I was doing work for two neighbors, and they were right across the street from each other. I was doing a spruce removal in one spot and then doing some general pruning on a red oak across the street on another spot, right? So the neighbor to the one with a, with a spruce tree right next door, he had a habitat tree that had been created probably three or four years ago. It was an old dead ponderosa pine. had a codominant stem about 15 feet up probably. And the arborist who had done the work on this tree had just left it way, way too tall. Like it was probably 35 
ish, forty ish feet maybe. It was it was a pretty tall stem. Like I wouldn't have. It had a great it had a great codominant like union that you could have cut it back to, and then done some nice neat bat flaps and stuff like that. And the the homeowner wanted me to come out and look at it, or wanted me to come over and look at it and be like, "Hey, what do you like recommend with this? Can you go up and like take some height out of it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you probably should because it looks like it's got. I mean, it, it obviously it's dead, so it doesn't have like a wind sail or anything, but it's it was tall enough to make me be like, I wouldn't want this next to my house. Much less it was leaning towards the neighbor's house. So the the neighbor's house, there was the neighbor's house, and there was a fence line, and then there was the neighbor's driveway, and then the the neighbor's house, and the tree would have fallen. Uh, the tree would have fallen across the driveway, smashed the fence, and then hit the house if it like went down perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll send you a bid <laughs> out later." Um, he also had a walnut tree that he wanted me to prune, so I said, "Yeah, I'll send you out a bid later." But you know, I've got a bunch of other work. I don't really have time. There were other people who were asking me for bids, so I was just like completely swamped. I didn't. I wasn't able to like give it my full attention or anything like that. But I was like, yeah, this is definitely a concern. I definitely want to do something about this. I'll, I'll get back to you on like scheduling and timing and stuff like that, right? So this was Saturday. Sunday, I got a text from the neighbor who I did the oak work for. And he was like, hey, so that tree came down. Like, Oh, wow. Yeah, like the, the next day. Oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Smashed the fence. Oh, like, man. Fortunately, it missed the house, which I was like, awesome, great. So didn't it hit did the, come down perfectly. It, it, mm. Yeah. <laughs> so they I left d- the perfect snag is what you're saying. They left the perfect <laughs> snag. Well, the perfect snag would have smashed the house and the car and the whole block, uh. but they didn't do that. No, it, yeah, it, it came down across the, the, the driveway just like I thought it was going to. And I was like, uh, yeah, I, no, I, ha- I haven't heard back from, I haven't sent the, the bid out yet and I haven't heard back from the property owners. So I'm hoping they're not like, oh, you jackass, you didn't. Like, tell me this was going to yeah. fall. And I was yeah. like, why didn't you, you climb that bill? and take yeah, it? Why, why didn't, yeah, why didn't you climb that and take it? And it, like, it snapped. It didn't fail from the root system, which is what I spent most of the time looking at. It snapped probably three or four feet off the ground. And it was, like, wow, a, a sloughing bark all over it. And it was it was only there for, like, three years. I don't know how long it had been dead standing before that because I think the, the property owners were recent property owners there. But it was still... Just yeah. one of those things. Wow. Wow. Was this in that rain or that little storm we had? It was it was clear on Saturday. Wow. Like it didn't I was when when they were calling for the wind and stuff, I was thinking in the back of my head, like before when I had like looked at it and then that night after we got all done, I was like, oh, I wonder if it's gonna hold up in that wind and stuff. But clear day. We didn't have any wind or breeze or any rain even. Just Wow. It's yeah. time. Yeah. Send him a bill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll be two hundred fifty dollars. You can send it to spade tree preservation. I that's like down with part of head. doing habitat snags is you want to make it small enough to be you know out of a target zone, and, right? And yeah, and this, typically, yeah, and this, yeah, the arborist who did this, like it's it's right next to this, like it's it was the worst spot for a habitat tree. You yeah. have two driveways there. You have a house. You have the street. Like. It, I love leaving habitat trees. Like I totally advocate for them, but if you create habitat trees like this and then they do that, people are not going to want habitat trees. Like it. Yeah. 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 You just created a hazard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I know, I, I think I know the reason why, cause they probably just didn't want to deal with the wood, but yeah. Yeah. But now they still have to deal with the wood. <laughs> well, the, the, the property owners do the ar- arborist is, you know, yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah. All right. It's a good trade-off for selling habitat work if mm. you do it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's the right spot, like, you know, yep. this giant wood, it would look good standing there. We mm. could get some, some 
some wildlife to call it home, you know? And maybe if you follow up or, you know, you make sure that it's not going to smash. Yes. Anything. Yes. So exactly. I love leaving the wild, uh, wildlife snags, but that is the one thing that makes me nervous. Like that big tree just around the corner. I'm a little nervous about that one. Now there's, there's other trees right next to it. So you'll be able to tie in almost directly overhead, you know, after it's dead while you're climbing it. So, you know, it's not as sketchy where you're climbing this tree that hasn't, that being said, that's a good question. And we'll look into that. You know, we're going to do a whole series on wildlifing and you know, that's, that'll be a theme. So that, that's one thing we'll have to explore coming up. Yeah. At what point do you remove a wildlife snag? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. To me, that one you did, that'll stand for years and years. And yeah. Years, but, but in years and years and years, yeah, then you gotta it's uh that could be a major problem, especially if that maple tree comes down or gets removed or something. Yeah. There's still the fur you could tie into, but you're looking at a little bit bigger of a swing. Yeah. In that fur. Yeah. <laughs> That's something to think about is, okay, if this does have to get dealt with years down the road, will I be able to deal with this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's that one um, outside of Market of Choice on, what street is that? It's in South Eugene. That giant spar that they the, just oh the pine spar yeah that they just left so I remember when I because I used to go get lunch there on a regular I remember that tree because it was a giant pine tree it was a beautiful tree it did not need to get removed and they just removed it and it looked like they just removed it and then just stopped I, yeah it, it had to be a sixty <laughs> foot spar oh no if not more and so it is uphill from oh, the market of choice no. parking lot and now it's bark sloughing off oh, dead no. i mean i have you, you know what you're gonna have to hire a crane yeah to yeah. set up to tie into at that point yeah. <laughs> you're just like remove yeah. half the tree you're like oops wrong one so yeah who, who that one's a rough. I've been watching that one for years. Yeah. Like, I wonder when that's coming down. <laughs> yeah. it, it looks like it's coming down straight into the parking lot, too. Wow. At this point, yeah, yeah, yeah it'll be it, tough. It's not just going to smash. It's going to smash and then explode and just yeah. destroy some shields. <laughs> 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 All Who right. has stories from the field, anybody? I, I climbed, uh, you know, to me, I feel like it was one of the biggest trees I've ever climbed. It's not the tallest, but, you know, just fat and just sprawled out it was over so there was one house and a big yard and then right next to it was three houses no two houses okay. and then another backyard with another structure there and it spanned over all these so like four different structures two three backyards if i laid down at the base i'm six six one i you know this thing was pushing six feet at the base for sure nice. no diameter just Wild. a monster it was a fun climb i i had a sleepless night, so I wasn't on my A game, but still, it was a fun climb. What kind of tree was it? A black walnut. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and black walnuts, <laughs> they make me sweat. The tie-in mm -hmm. point, just the feel. So I'm always looking for those fatter tie-in points, and, and this thing just splayed out. You know, there was no no good central tie-in. We did three climbs. My coworker went up one. Took out a dead top, you know, rigged a few pieces, and then I went up another side, came down and did another side. On the last side I did, the Captain Hook came in handy. Hell yeah. Nice. Captain yeah. Hook. I don't know how I could have done it without the Captain Hook. It would have yeah. been so much harder. But, yeah, I think the Captain Hook, we were just getting major deadwood, and major deadwood on this thing was, you know, 
<laughs> you know, six inch plus. Was it was it uh, TCD or was it just regular dieback from a? Yeah, good it was question. yeah thousand canker. Yeah, thousand canker. Yep, yeah. yep. So and mostly the tops were. So this was the second stage of pruning. The first stage of pruning was cranes because we just like couldn't get out there. So they cut back to live material on the on the on the south side of the street. And so we were just going out chasing big deadwood after that. But yeah, the Captain Hook, I think it was three different pieces that really helped me get into position. It was cool. And the Fusion Tether. So I, I liked my hitch climber with my rope wrench mm-hmm. because it had that attachment point where I throw my Captain Hook and I set that system on the hitch climber. Mm-hmm. But the Fusion Tether has that attachment point and it worked out really nice. Nice. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. It, it, was, it was an awesome climb. I wasn't on my ga- A game, so I was a little frustrated at times, but you know. This Definitely one to remember. Th- this episode of Tree Thinking Podcast has been sponsored by both the Captain's <laughs> Hook and the Notch Fusion. There's <laughs> <laughs> Corey uh, looking for more free gear. Cool climb. And I, I know you guys have seen the tree. It's on second, you know, going back to Public Works Yard. You've seen Ninkasi, and then uh, it'd be on the right-hand side. There's two gigantic walnut trees. Mm-hmm. Next time you're on your way back to yeah. the yard. I'm sure I've seen it. I'm just yeah, not You'll know exactly it. what I'm talking about because I used to look at it all the time when we were wow. cruising back to the yard. Yeah. Some of my, like, some of the most challenging, like, big, broad-spreading trees I've climbed were those big black oaks that are, you know, there's one that's off of... This uh, is black walnut. Or, or sorry, that, yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Okay. One of those big black walnuts. There's one is just in someone's backyard. And yeah. it's, it's off of Harlow. I can't remember the street it's on. But it is it just takes up the whole Isn't there backyard. Walnut Ave off Harlow with those <laughs> massive it, walnuts? It's <laughs> because it used to be a walnut orchard yeah, okay. way back yeah, before it was all developed. Yeah. And so there's a few walnuts in that neighborhood that are like the history of the area, you know. And it is just massive. And for years I got to climb it. And the first three or four years was just learning how to climb this tree because it was so big and so spread out. And if it was wet at all, you know, it's not like there's a lot of branches to like pull your way out this, yep. uh, you know, trunk. It's just trunk, you yep. know, and just yeah, just some of the most fun, like just big swings on the job were in that tree. Yeah, I definitely have a soft spot for those trees. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're so yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I have a nostalgic spot for them too. Like we had one growing up in, at my grandparents' house, and they're just like, I know they're a pain, and they drop, you know, they kill everything below them, and they drop the big, like, um, the the walnuts themselves and uh, they discolor your hands and all that, but they're just, they're just so cool. They are yeah. cool. Fantastic specimens. Yep. That's, that's my story. I guess there's fun climb, climb to remember for sure. Nice. All right. I, I'll, I'll give a little story real quick. Um, there we go. Of course yep. he has one. Yeah. We uh, yeah. Well, it. you, you kind of called me out. So I, 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 had, I, to, I had to come up, come, something. come up with something and I was trying to think of, uh, it's not really what is an arborist, but it, it's one of those moments in the career where I was just going to make, like I'm done, I need to be taken more serious as a climber, so I'm just gonna make it happen on the crew type of things. And I was, I'd probably been climbing, or I'd been working for probably about a year and a half, two years. And Rob had been working for about six months to a year. And you know, man, I just wanted to prove myself that I could do it. I knew I could do, you know, I knew I, at the time, I knew I could do everything, even the stuff I couldn't do. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um. And we were working on this job. It was me, Rob, uh, Doug, and Penny, who were uh, two of the guys that were real instrumental in teaching me and Rob the trade early on. The second job of the day, well, the next job, I can't remember if it was the second or not, uh, was a fur removal. It was, it's funny, I can remember. It was a $650 fur removal. And I remember looking at it and being like, I could do that. 
I got, you know, and so I go over to, uh, I think it was Penny, one of them, and it was like, hey, Penny, uh, they're just wrapping up some, like, fruit tree or ornamental pruning of some kind. And so me and Rob were just kind of standing around while they're finished. I was like, hey, Penny, I could I could take Rob over to that next job and just get started on it. Yeah. And he, he joking around was like, yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. And I just, I was like, all right, he said it. <laughs> 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 so I just got in one of the trucks. I was like, Rob, let's go. <laughs> so we just got in the truck. And I remember driving off and seeing Penny run after <laughs> us <laughs> to try to stop us. You know, I can only imagine the conversations had at the job site, you know. But me and Rob took one of the trucks and chippers and went over to the next job. And luckily, it was a really good bid. And it was like, all right, I remember talking to Rob like, all right, dude, we got to crush this. You know, if we if we screw this up, it's going to be a big screw up. You I know, think you told me this story. Is this prior to everyone, everyone having a cell phone in their pocket? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. everyone didn't have cell phones. The good old days. <laughs> good so old they days. couldn't just get a hold of you. Yeah, you. They, you know, if, if there's an emergency, they would have to call the client and have the client come get you or they'd have to drive to you. And you're not going to call the client and be like, oh, yeah, the crew that's showing yeah, up. Don't let them start. <laughs> don't let them start. <laughs> <laughs> There's a road crew. There's a road crew. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we crushed it. Yeah. We crushed it. It was, you know, it was a super easy fur. I, you know, I'm, it was a long time ago, so I'm guessing, but I want to say it was probably like a 50 foot fir tree, you know, and just cut, toss, front yard. So I was just able to cut, toss, cut, toss, cut, toss send the wood down and I was chunking the last little bit down when they came up with a total panicked look on their face, <laughs> but it worked out nice. because nice. the tree was down. We, we had it all under control. <laughs> um, but that was one of those times where it was like, all right, I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> Gumption. Gumption. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know that that fully leads into what is an arborist, you know, but I think everybody has a point where they have to kind of figure out who they are and uh, what they're going to do in the industry. And that leads into the conversation of what is an arborist and what does it mean to take your career in that direction? What mentality do you, do you need to be an arborist? You know, how do you start a career as an arborist? Yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Oh, what do you think? Do you think it's a, a career or do you think it's more like a lifestyle? Because I feel like, for me anyway, it's it's not just like a career. Like I don't just like go to my nine to five and be like, oh, I'm done with work. Like I'm just going to leave it at work. Like I'm not thinking about trees at all. Like I'm thinking about this stuff all the time. And like yeah. I yeah, kind yeah. of base my whole life around no, it. Yeah. It's just kind of pathetic, but maybe not. I don't know. I I mean, if, if that's pathetic, then we're all chumps here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, part of your life. I. I remember when I first started in the industry and you start learning how to identify trees, then that, that's what you're doing. You're driving, you're walking, you're just looking at it like, okay, I know what that is. I know what that is. Or today I was talking to my coworker, Mark. He's kind of a new, newish climber. He's been doing it for a while, but newish climber. And he, we see trees and I'm just like, we're driving back to the yard. And I'm like, do you ever just look at trees now? And you see like, oh, there's my tying point. That would be, you know, the rigging point. Totally. You know? He's like, oh, yeah, more and more now. And to me, yeah. that's like every time I look at a tree, I'm like, oh, yeah. there's that sick tie-in point. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was a, a co-worker I had, and he, like, his wife set this one background as their, like, computer background. 
and like it bugged the hell out of him because there was a little piece of deadwood like it was, yeah. it was this like grove of firs and like <laughs> right at the front there was this piece of deadwood and he's just like somebody has to get that somebody yeah come on microsoft what what we need to do is uh send out uh free backgrounds for everybody got to get pictures of like you know, a perfect tree that just has one piece one. of deadwood <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah. We can do free tree thinking background to, to drive <laughs> arborists crazy on their the computers. Test, right? Yeah, But it, it's one of those points with when you get a new person on the crew, new to the industry, it's always interesting because almost everybody is like, man, I just look at trees different now. Yeah. I, you know, I see, I see trees as individual types of trees or what needs to be done to the tree, you know. And it was the same thing coming from the residential to, to the municipal. Because now, yep. you know, now we do, you know, my focus these days is street clearance and, you know, hazard abatement. And so now if I'm driving down the street, it's like, man, that is way too low. That is not 15 <laughs> feet. <laughs> Never thought about it before unless I was driving a truck, right. you know. But it, it really is interesting. It'll change the way you see the world. Yeah. Trees were always like static to me before starting this. Just green things. Never even thought about them at all. But yeah, yeah it's a lifestyle. It's perspective. I'm never not looking at trees if I'm outside. Yeah. I'm sure it drives my significant other nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when no, she's going to do it. She's getting good at ID and some stuff too. Yeah. yeah, when you're walking down the street and you're just looking up the whole time. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm, I'm right here. Pay attention to me. <laughs> That's why it's, it's great to date another artist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're oh. just like, oh, you want to go for a walk? We're both like, you know, when you're, when you're walking your dog and it stops to sniff things every like four feet. That's, that's, that's you that's guys. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, well, I would do an way on that list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because it's kind of the opposite. Me and my wife have been together for a long time before she got into it, but now that we have our side gig, you know, she she's in the tree world now. So now she, I'm watching her go through that transition and start to notice trees. And mm -hmm. yeah, that, <laughs> like seeing someone like pick that up for the first time is just like I love that. Oh, I just man. love it when somebody like it. They just it feels like a switch has just flipped. They're like, ah, trees are dumb, you know, whatever green things. And then they, there's just that that switch, and all of a sudden it's just like, wow, this is incredible. Like I had never even thought about this before. Yeah, I, I yeah, I love watching that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we, we go wreck climbing for fun. Like mm -hmm. we go and do our job for fun, you know, outside of work. I, you know, I'm sure you guys all too sit and watch all those online arborists, you know, climbing arborists, educated climber, yeah. Yeah. honey key, reg coats, you know, I would get home from work, especially when I was just learning how to climb. And again, bothering my significant other with chainsaw noises on my computer until it was time <laughs> to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it immersive lifestyle for sure yeah so this i love this topic because i want to ask you all like when was the moment when you were like i am an arborist like if someone asks you what you do you know are you just like oh i work for you know blah 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 whatever outfit but when was the moment where you were like no like i am an arborist and that's a good question it's it's deeper than when did you decide to make it your career, right? Yeah. When did yeah. you yeah. feel like you were an arborist? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Yeah. You know, I I can't think of it right off the you know, I can't think of like an epiphany moment. I remember before I did tree work and I mean obviously I knew what an arborist was. You know, I knew it as a, a job. But I remember a point where I was so you gotta be eighteen to to work in the field. 
And so when I was 17, I graduated high school and I, I started a landscaping business so that I could subcontract out to local landscapers. And they, people wanted me to prune because they knew, you know, my family was Sperry Tree Care. So they'd be like, how about you make these cuts? And I remember being like, what do you mean? <laughs> well, you know, you're, you're come from a family of arborists and just, oh, that's a thing. Yeah. yeah, that's not just a profession. And like these people think because I come from that family. I mean, I don't know if anybody would be like, oh, uh, the son of the physicist. How about you help me with this <laughs> physics problem? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know, and I remember thinking like there's more to this yeah. than just a job. You know, it, I don't know. And I made the cuts and they were probably horrible cuts yeah. and I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but it worked out. Everybody Seem to be happy, I suppose. And you're an arborist now. So. Yeah, I'm an arborist now. <laughs> Somehow you got between A and B. I probably felt that way after getting my certification. I know to some people that doesn't hold a lot of weight, but it was big to me. You yeah. know, yeah. college dropout, just doing odd jobs, finally fell into this career that I'm like, oh, I love. Studied really hard, passed the test. I'm like, all right, went and got beers with the crew afterwards. I'm like, I'm an arborist. You know, that was probably the moment. That's say. awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of felt like I was an arborist before I was a certified arborist, but honestly, just barely. Like, it, it was maybe, like, six months before I got my certified. I think when I when I made the decision that I wanted that certification really badly, and it was, like, about that time, so I was about three years deep into it, mm -hmm. I was like, you know, if people ask me what I did, I was yeah. like, I was an arborist. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely... I was hoping that when I got that certification, I would like to like this explosion of <laughs> like expertise. And yeah, like yeah. You know, and I studied really hard for that, too. And I, I did learn a lot of stuff and, and studying and just doing things. But um, but then I realized like after I got that, <laughs> like the next week, I was like in my head whenever I would make a mistake, which, you know, we all do. I was just like, just because you're certified doesn't mean you're good. <laughs> you know? um, so, yeah, with that, it's like, well, it does, you know, it gives you a little bit of clout, but it doesn't necessarily make you what you are. And I, I don't know. I think for me it was like when, when someone else was talking about me to someone that I didn't know. You're like, this is my friend Becca. She's an arborist. I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah i guess i am like yeah. that's like how i spend um you know like 20 hours of my day yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, one, one of the things my old bosses used to say is an arborist is only as good as his or her last cut and that's kind yeah. of a mentality that i've lived by like some days i'm a shitty arborist like i'll freely admit it because my last cut is just garbage i've just. always liked that quote you're only as good as the last tree you worked on yep. it, yeah. which is the same thing and that i've that's one of those things I've said to a lot of people when, when I'd see someone working for me that made a bad cut or something, or, you know, just didn't do their all, like forgot a big thing in the tree or it'd be like, Hey man, you're only as good as the last tree you pruned. Is this what you want to be? Yeah. Right. You know, Nate said something, it's the same thing, but he's like, we're remembered by what we leave behind. Yeah. yeah. Like, he does say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that I love leaving stubs. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> stubs is here. <laughs> Always carve that into the tree. <laughs> you will remember here. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will infuriate arborists everywhere. <laughs> Your little Zorro mark. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, for me, one, I, 
I wasn't, I was one of those stubborn people that was like, it doesn't matter if I'm certified. I, I know how to do it. You know, it's partially the people that I trained with were kind of old school and felt, you know, were more of the people that were like, hey, why, why do we have to pay a bunch of money to these people, to this organization, so that they can tell me I know what I already know kind of attitude. And so I was pretty stubborn about it. And it took a long time for me to actually do go out. I, I think I did it for eight years before I got certified. Just because I like, why? I got a great job. You know, people trust me. Mm-hmm. And what it, what it was for me that made me feel like an arborist is when I would do a really good job pruning a tree. And then the client would come out and be like, oh, that looks really yeah. good. Or good yeah. job. Yeah. Or, you know, when you get that kudos from the person that hired you to do it, you know, that's when I'd be like, man, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, you know. that's one of the best feelings when they come out and they say, wow, you yeah. know, oh my gosh. Say it was like a mulberry and you just took out some suckers, but it's like a huge difference. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. 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 Good job. Yeah. No, that means a lot. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. getting that back. So that makes me also kind of want to segue into another point, which is because um, we've all been talking about like our experiences, like working on trees like it, it for prunings or removals and things like that but um there's also a lot of arborists out there that don't cut trees and they don't prune or remove and yeah. they don't climb um and so yeah it's interesting I, and this is a topic that's worth discussion because there's you know there is a gray area uh, for sure uh, in, in the industry yeah, I guess we're all climbing production arborists, I right. guess. But, yep. yeah, there's definitely plenty of other fields. Well, yep. so I, I got my start at uh, the nonprofit, and we were we were just planting trees. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, yep. as arborists, right. you know. I remember having a conversation with a coworker um, at the city, and um, we, she was talking about plant health care, um, some plant health care companies like a I think the, the name of the local one is like glass glass. Yeah. Glass. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, they like, they bill themselves as arborists and like, are they arborists? They don't ever even climb trees. And like, I was like, yeah, no, they're absolutely arborists. Like plant mm-hmm. healthcare is a huge, like that is yeah. every bit as important, if not maybe even more important than what we're doing. Right. I, I, which, you know, I, I which goes it. right into tree assessment, mm-hmm. right. you know, uh, consulting arborists. That's a route. A lot of people take when they, kind of work their way out of the field and no longer want to kind of put in that grind of working in the field. I mean, it's all these other routes, canopy research scientists and research stuff, you know, too, yeah. yeah. Yet we're all connected, yep. mm-hmm. you know, yep. we're all different parts of the same game. Yeah. yeah. That, that's one of the great things about the ISA is it all kind of unifies us under one umbrella. It's not just like you have your climbers or you have your pruners or your removal specialists and then you have your scientists and then you have like whatever. Like yeah. right. Everybody is an arborist but you have different specialties and you can get your own specialty and you can get your own um, niche that you want to fit into and like fit your, your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a perk of the, the certification is that there's that database and people can reach out to you. Like yeah. I had that track cert. So like people from Sonoma County were reaching out because of that big fire. They needed tree risk assessors. I know. I remember another company in Northern California was hiring. They reached out to you and yeah, it's, you can get your niche and have it out there little perk of the certification yeah and i'm i believe the certification has a very important spot within the industry Mm -hmm. you know it uh it's important to have a way to identify someone Mm -hmm. that knows what they're doing or at least has proven that they can (laughs) study well enough you know the information has come in 
you can't tell whether that person kind of has good intentions, mm-hmm. you know, if they're just out for a money grab or whatnot. But I mean, that's just, that is what it is at a certain yeah. point. I've heard people say, yeah, I got the certification because it helps me. So I get more calls, right? Yeah. I'm a mm-hmm. ISA certified arborist. Right. And I've noticed a lot of the people that go uncertified are people that are, have been in it for a long time, have built up a clientele and a reputation where they don't really need to, you know, they don't need to advertise that, you know, I know what I'm doing. They already got that information out there. Yeah. And I, I've known a lot of people who are in that same boat and, you know, people who I would consider fantastic arborists who are, you know, even more professional or better climbers and better um, arborists than I am even. And I'm still like, you're st- I use the ISA not because necessarily it gives me a certification, which is nice, but because of that continued learning opportunity. Yeah. Like I'm always, I'm always pulling something out of the like ISA newses or the Arbor Culture Today or any any of those. Like I'm always pulling even just a little nugget, and I feel like if it makes me a better arborist and a better professional, like it's worth it. Like even all the money and all of the time and everything that's you know, some people would say would be wasted. Like I'm still pulling something out of that. And again, I'm not like, I haven't been doing it as long as you have Andrew, but I'm still, I, I still feel like even 20 years from now, 30 years from now, when I'm almost dead, like I'm still going to be learning stuff from, mm-hmm. from the organization as a whole. Yeah. And I, I've, I still learn stuff, you know, going to a conference, going yeah. to a competition. These are all ISA events, you know, and I learn a lot every time I do either, you know, I think it's a great medium to get a lot of uh, like-minded individuals who have a lot of intellect and passion for the same thing together. Yep. And no matter what, like that's going to always help us grow it together as a unit. Totally. And it's great. What a unit. And a it, unit. it gives an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> it gives an opportunity for different parts of the industry to come together. Yeah. You know, at an ISA, com- at the last ISA conference, we were talking to, you know, I was watching people talk about, Uh, harvesting lumber from the urban forest you know friends of trees had a booth there Mm -hmm. they had a talk on uh the uh, sidewalk street tree conflicts you know so it's a really great way to expand your horizon when it comes you know it's easy especially if you run a little business to kind of be in your little bubble yeah you know but it's it's always good to expand meet these other companies and these other parts of the industry and then see what kind of tricks you can't take from them and introduce into your own business. Yeah, that, that's another good thing. Like you always have, even at, even now at ISA conferences, you kind of have, you kind of have a splintering, but I, f- I, I like the ISA cause again, it's an umbrella uh, institution and it kind of brings everyone together, but you still have your like loggers will be hanging out with your loggers. The tree climbers will be hanging out with the tree climbers yeah. and then your scientists will be hanging out with the scientists. Again, that umbrella kind of brings them all together and it, creates that common platform for all of them to like talk mm-hmm. together. Cause those, again, if you think about like in the private industry or if you think about maybe any other um, industries, a lot of those that can kind of be segmented, they'll stay segmented and they're not ever going to come together, which I feel like with arboriculture, there's definitely, there's the old school thought, which, you know, kind of maintains that, that uh, separation or that uh, segmentation or whatever and then there's the kind of the newer thought that i I feel like is has definitely been taking uh more of a control and more of like the the driver's seat in recent years um at least in my experience that they're it's more communal everybody's in this together you're not just like a tree climber and that doesn't make you better than a scientist doesn't make you better than a logger like everybody has a part to play and we all have something to contribute to this yeah 
how great it is where we're at right now. There's so many developments within the industry. It's going in, going in so many different directions and really so many different positive directions. I, I like to think a big part of that is the social media and it's so much easier to be connected with each other. Uh, when I first started, you know, you, I wasn't in contact with other tree crews. I mean, I, I knew the couple other tree crews in town would kind of wave at each other slash scowl at each other when we drove by, <laughs> you know, and it's a mix of both with other tree com- care companies. Well, and at the time you don't know them, you mm-hmm. know, you're not on social medias communicating with them. You know, they're just some, they're your competition. Um, and then you start to get to know them and you're like, wait a second, we have a lot in common. Actually, we're doing the yeah. same thing. And you know, yeah. And what's funny is you said the couple tree companies in town, you know, back then, yeah. Yeah. whereas now there's a hundred, Plus, you know, yeah. there's so many tree companies. Yeah. When there's Sperry started, I think there was like eight different tree companies uh, yep. in the Yellow Pages. And there's there's four tree care companies represented at this table right, right. now. Yeah. As yeah. a matter of fact. And when Sperry started, there was Yellow Pages. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll Sorry. drive by a, a chip truck, you know, and be like, oh, I wonder if I know who that is. Like, I have never heard of that company. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's happening there more are, and more. There are very few. Yeah. Um. That I drive by that I'm like, hey, hey, I know you. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But when you do know them, you're yeah. like, hi. <laughs> 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 yeah. that's, that's only she only does that to city trucks. <laughs> Throw acorns <laughs> out your window. <laughs> <laughs> Good <Well>, job, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because uh, there's a lot of companies in town where I really don't know them. You know, maybe one or two back and forth on social media. But I feel like I know them because I see what their projects are on a regular yeah. basis, and I kind of get a feel for who they are because of the posts they make. So it, it, it's it's really cool. Well, what do you think that says about the industry? So many tree companies popping up. There's well, more people who who know care. the trade and want to do it. Yeah, or are the more people needing I, tree work done. I, I think it's a, since starting our own businesses i've noticed that there is just a huge demand of it like i remember when i was still in the private industry you'd have that kind of ebb and flow and like every year right around like right around tax season it would just like completely dive bomb Mm -hmm. right and that was consistent every year and then it would slowly pick up throughout the year like there was work consistently but now i just it just seems like there's just so much work out there i feel like it's kind of like what you were getting at i think i feel like it's kind of both like you have people who are learning it more because there's more information available. You can go on YouTube and, like, watch some great arborists teach you how to, like, tie a knot or climb a tree or whatever. Yeah. But there's more money, and so I guess maggots fall carrying kind of thing. So there's more money, so there's going to be more people who aren't necessarily doing it with the right motives. They're just following the paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's another interesting thing, I think, is as information's been easier to pass around, it's gone from loggers and you know people that i know how to use a chainsaw so i might as well take this trade in town because i'm tired of doing it out in the woods you know to there was a few people that really knew how to do it good and then they're able to spread that word yeah and they're they're able to teach people and really it's become easier uh with all the this you know tech uh technological advances and whatnot it's an easier job to do so i think it's a little less intimidating you know if you're uh, if you're first getting into it or if you're trying to decide if you want to get into it, you, it's not, you know, a grumpy logger with a chainsaw to teach you <laughs> there, you know, there's probably someone more knowledgeable doing 
What are you talking about? Grumpy loggers who sit there cussing at you, they're the best teachers. Yeah. <laughs> nobody. I disagree. <laughs> yeah, I guess even like, climbing innovations make it easier to stick with the industry. Like if you had Definitely. to learn hip thrusting on a Blake's hitch, you know, 100%. versus just rope walking. You know, I've yep. taken yeah. people who have never, ever climbed before and they can rope walk. Yeah. Know, it's that easy. Yep. Yep. And then it's definitely, I mean, they struggle. There's there's things to learn, you right, know, efficiencies right. mm-hmm. and stuff, but you can do it. Yeah, it's, it's different than a Blake's. But if you try to teach someone who's never hip thrusted how to do it, it is a struggle. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, and they do it yeah. once and they're like, oh, that was fun. That yeah. was, uh, I've never wanted to do that again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, even still, though, with all the tech and the gear, I mean, I can't. So many times a client will be like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe you did that. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, what a <laughs> job. Like, I just, you were way up there. Now you're down here. Can I get you a cup of tea? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and I think that that um, my takeaway with all this is like I think people, especially here where we live um, and. I noticed like more just broadly than that, um, we're kind of starting to pay more attention to the natural world um, and kind of respect it or mm, it's kind of a hard word to use, but um, yeah, just people are like, Oh, we're, we're starting to kind of cling back to nature and, and appreciate things like trees. And so I think with that, that obviously creates more work for us. Um, and then it also, you know, it, get, it makes our, um, our clients or, our, you know, whoever we're working for our communities, a little bit more tree appreciative, yeah, and um, and I think that m- maybe has a lot to do with the way things are going, and hopefully that trend continues. Maybe they're uh, tree appreciative. Oh, <laughs> oh he's trying. <laughs> Did that trying. just happen? <laughs> Did you? Just oh my goodness! <laughs> His ears are smoking. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna edit that out. Right? Yeah, I would have said appreciation. Man, a pro. (laughs) 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 This whole thing has been tremendous. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's enough. One more guy. (laughs) 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 Um, But I think we can all agree that um, an arborist versus a tree enthusiast or a gardener or a landscaper or whatever, I think it's, it's equal parts passion commitment in terms of time and effort and um, application of scientific knowledge mm-hmm. that yeah. Yeah. that makes an arborist an arborist. Yeah. That's my takeaway yeah, well here. Put. Wow, man. Yeah. Well, I don't have anything to say now. Yeah. <laughs> Close down the cup podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Give us I can yeah. drop the mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all that. And you got to be crazy enough to do it but not so crazy that you get hurt while you're doing it. There you go. There's a real fine yeah. balance there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember one of the guys who taught me how to do it. He's like, you know, it takes a special person to climb a rope with a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I try to send my mom pictures sometimes. That's oh, yeah. Mothers love it. Yeah. Oh. She does not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I was like, oh, she's going to be so jazzed about this. She's like, why are you sending me this? Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Get down. You know better than that. <laughs> yeah. My mom's like, my heart just stops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My mom was like, get to work. Yeah. <laughs> well. Like, You're not making yeah. any money with exactly. s- standing around with your finger up. Yeah. Those Cl- stupid, climb higher, Andrew. Yeah. Those stupid <laughs> puns aren't making me any money. Get back to it. 
Oh, yeah. Man. Well, I think one thing we can all agree on is that this is a complicated enough subject where it's going to be a theme that we get back into as this podcast goes. I, I mean, know, man. I think we wrapped it up pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no more arborist talk. No yeah. more arborist yeah. 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 That's it. We're done. Yeah. And now <laughs> this, this, is, podcast. this is the pun thinking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I will now take the helm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. You know, but everything we talk about connects to the mentality of being an arborist and what makes this a unique industry. We, we do things, not just do we do things that other people don't want to do, but we, we found something that no one else wants to do that we love to do, Mm -hmm. you know, and we've made it a way of life. And, you know, I'm guessing if, if you're listening to this podcast and you've gotten all the way to this point in this podcast, you probably feel the same way. (laughs) Yeah. They, they listen to one of my puns. So they're, they're definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, most arborists I know are able to say, I love my job. And I feel like that we're super lucky in that. And I think that it, it breeds passion for sure. This yeah. industry does. And you totally see it. hundred percent. Yeah. And like, I think if you don't have that, then you don't really make it or you don't do it for too long or yeah you know, man it know. would suck to hate your job oh yeah. man oh. Like, ah. you well, go around and you talk to so many people and they just like are miserable they they either don't talk about their job at all like you, you you ask them about their job and they'll give you like a little blurb or they just won't talk about it at all and i, I just i don't understand that even a little bit like yeah. just well, love what you do and yeah. so uh my wife was a pharmacist and so we, you know, the, the company party, <clears throat> there'd be a bunch of doctors there, you know, and all these people that are making crazy money and in their field, they're super successful. And, and then we go to the party and they all wanted to hear about being an arborist because, <laughs> <laughs> and what I think it is, is for them, they're doing it because they want to make a bunch of money. And I'm sure there's a lot of doctors that are very passionate about, you know, healing patients and, you know, awesome. That being said, they wanted to hear about the guy that was climbing a rope with a chainsaw. Yeah. You know, it, it really is a fascinating thing. I just had thing. this guy on my operating table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ripped around his chest yeah. from a chainsaw. <laughs> the the weirdest, weirdest wounds I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they probably just saw you in the party. You were the only guy wearing jeans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to go talk to those guys. Yeah. If you wear your saw pants, you yeah. know, those are real expensive. Yeah. Nice, nice pants. Put on my nice pair of Carhartts yeah. for this. I've got the most ex- expensive pants in the room here. Yeah. No, big, no, big deal. <laughs> no big deal at all. Yeah, Actually. <laughs> I, oh, Armani again. Not nothing on me. I, I knew a guy that used to go out to the clubs in his full rain gear. He did a couple times, and he's nice. like, it's the most expensive gear I got. You told me it's like Gore-Tex ring. Yeah, gear, it's like nice Gore-Tex. Yeah. It was like, you know, $500 for the complete set because, <laughs> you know, we got double layer on it and put zippers and vents in. At, you know, and he's like, this is... By far the most expensive outfit I got, and he would go out to the clubs in his in his watershed rain gear. You know, was ready for was anything. It, was, yeah. it, was it high vis? Oh. Uh, I hope you, so. You no, know, I think I think it was. Oh, that's yeah, fantastic! I think. Like, Who's this traffic cone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just get off and shift. But I'll bet a lot of people are like, you know what? This guy knows how to have I'm a good time. If there are black lights in that club and you're wearing <laughs> high vis, oh, wow. you are the party. Yeah. That's five hundred dollars. Guaranteed when uh, the Beastie Boys intergalactic planetary <laughs> planetary intergalactic. He was the star when that hit. I I'm googling Gore-Tex right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be cool. Yeah. 
All right. Nice. What were we talking about? Yeah. Well, I think it's uh, it's time for a gear review. Do we? What do we want to do for gear review? Uh, I guess rain gear. Yeah. We just came up with you know. Per- you yeah. know what? Perfect. Yeah. Why even? Why it's transition to something else? Yeah, yeah. 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 So. All right. So my favorite rain gear is exactly what I was just describing: watershed bibs and jacket. You want to get the Gore-Tex stuff. Watershed's the brand. Watershed's, Watershed's the brand. Yep. Made in Oregon too. Oh, yep. cool. Yep. Fancy. And it is. It doesn't look fancy. You know, you're not going <laughs> to look at it and think, you know, this is let's hit the five, clubs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're not going to think, hey, let's hit the clubs <laughs> until, until you bedazzle it. Once you wear it, though, you're going to be like, man, I want to go to the clubs. Put <laughs> <laughs> on your gloves and hit the clubs. But I've I've had the same pair. So it's not insulated at all. You know, it's just a waterproof layer. It breathes really well. And uh, I've had the same pair for probably six, seven years, mm-hmm. and it's still waterproof. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'll every now and then I'll I can't remember what's it called the stuff you wash with it to to kind of help keep it waterproof. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that watershed Gore-Tex rain gear is where it is at. Yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me about that, and I I don't know why I didn't know that existed. You know, I knew about Gore-Tex and boots and stuff, but didn't think you could get rain gear, and it's tough. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've, I've worked. How many years did you say? Like eight years, probably. <laughs> wow. And wear it, you know, through every, you know, I there's no job I take it off so I don't hurt it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, so. and I had the stuff that was, so when I was in the private industry for my entire private industry career, I had the non-Gore-Tex version because they make, they make like a cheaper, there's like the Gore-Tex version, which is like two, 250 and then the cheaper one, which is just polypropylene or whatever it's made of. And that's like you know, 60 bucks. But I had that, that stuff all through my private career and i still have it honestly i still take it hunting every once in a while that's watershed and it's watershed okay. yeah and it's i mean yeah i i second end your it's it's good stuff um with that being said i have a a top that i use the um arbor tech it's uh breathe flex yeah. i think it is yeah yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Totally that, it. that stuff yeah that and it's it's nice it has the vents in the in the uh the armpits and then it's got like some vents in the in your front too it's got yeah. pit vents pit vents but i have so for my bottoms i have the the bibs from watershed and then i've got that for the top and like that's a that's an awesome combo it's nice. the breathe dry the breathe, breathe dry. flex is the plant uh, chainsaw pants thank you oh, thank right. you yes yeah uh, it's funny i was like i thank said you, that Jamie. like i <laughs> put it on uh, every day and i not <laughs> <laughs> but i do recognize that yeah, I gotta go with Gore-Tex. Gore-Tex. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. started in Southern Oregon, and it honestly, doesn't rain that much. You know, yeah. it's it's pretty dry climate. But coming up here, I mean, we're in the rain. This this is the PNW. When you think of Pacific yeah. Northwest, you know, it, it yes, rains temperate here. rainforest. It rains here. Yeah, it rains yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's raining right now. <laughs> there was times in Southern Oregon where we'd, we'd rain. The boss would call me. He's like, "Do you feel like working?" I'm like, "Nah." <laughs> so yeah. we would we'd call it off. It's a rain day. Oh mm-hmm. wow. If you did that here, you know, you wouldn't have a paycheck. <laughs> People would no. laugh yeah. at you. Yeah, you wouldn't have a paycheck. you like, okay, I'll see you in eight months <laughs> <laughs> when so it's not raining. <laughs> I just had the Grundens jacket. Yeah. The tree stuff sells them. That's you know, they one. got like oversized hood, which kind of helps fit over your helmet and stuff. It's a nice jacket, but, you know, a couple hours in the rain and it is it is soaking through. Yeah. It's nice to keep the weather off of you, but you do get wet. Still. Yeah. I, I have your old rain jacket at uh-huh. the city now because my... My city rain jacket was just the cheap whatever high vis stuff they give you, and oh. it was ra- it would get wet that's so nice. fast. Yeah. So that's this is my rain gear is exactly that, and the brand oh. is, and it 
The reason I know it is because it's funny. It's called tingly. (laughs) 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 Um, I hope that's how it's pronounced. I mean, um, that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Yeah, that works. Yeah, it's better that way. Yeah, 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 little rain pants and big. Yeah. Yeah. But that that tingly. Yeah. It actually, it works really well, um, like for how, you know, not super like geared up it is, I guess, or or hardcore heavy duty. It's still like, I'll go like, you know, three hours in a pretty steady rainfall and I'm still, still, uh, my phone can be in my pocket. Well, yeah, that's what's important. That's its function. (laughs) Exactly. So no complaints here. Yeah. The pants that I got from the tool crib, man, those things just soak through. I th- really? Yeah, I've been having troubles with. Yeah. So what was it like a week ago? It was coming that, that down. down. The downpour. Yeah, and my like I had the Grundin top and then the tingly bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> Got some tingly bottoms here. <laughs> tingly bottoms yeah. on the tree. And let me tell you, Grundin top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the tingly bottoms were soaked. <laughs> <laughs> like and like and subscribe to Tree Thinking Podcast for more of this solid gold. <laughs> But bottoms got soaked. Yeah, Gold. to the point where Tingly my... Tingly Grundin <laughs> combo. <laughs> Tingly Grundin <laughs> combo. Man, yeah. It, Damn. <laughs> Sorry, keep interrupting you. No, no. <laughs> uh, I, I'm setting you guys up perfect, <laughs> so keep coming. Um, but yeah, no, my saw pants were soaking wet, mm-hmm. and then my jacket was... I was fine. The Grundin, Grundin top was great. Yeah. The one I have personally is different than the one I had at the city. Okay. The one at the city just seemed more high quality. I don't know. Yeah. I think the yeah. price point was even the same. It's have you seen it's that red jacket on tree stuff? I'll okay. figure out what it is exactly. What gotcha. what I really like about the the one that we had at the city is the neoprene on the inside of the sleeves. Yeah. 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 You know that gator. Really well. Yeah, that, that gator's a big deal. Especially mm-hmm. you're coming down a rope oh, and that yeah. water starts running out the knot. I yeah. used uh Ooh, that was Nice to have that gator for something for my rain uh, tops. I would I actually made like a, a vest beca- for that exact reason because I would I would descend down a rope and it would just pour down my sleeve and then it would just all get caught in there. So I just made this vest, this this uh, poncho vest kind of thing nice. that I yeah. would wear in the like extremely wet because I'm just like my sleeves are gonna get wet anyway. So oh man, that, that water coming down your arms. So I remember back in the day when you climb with a French or with a uh, a Blake's hitch, it's up a little bit higher, right? So you're you're tending your slack up high compared to like the French pressic that's down low. So you come down and if your arms up high enough, the water will run all the way to your armpit and then down your side. (laughs) Yeah. Give you the tinglies. Yeah, give you the tinglies. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If the angles if it (laughs) if the angle's right, it'll go tinglies all the way to the bottom. Oh man, this is too good. Yeah, <laughs> who, th- who would have thought? Rain gear. Well, and I—it's hilarious. This is obviously a Pacific Northwest podcast because episode number two for gear review, yeah, rain, rain gear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. 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 it's important. But yeah, I think I'm going to make the move to Gore-Tex. Yeah, watershed sounds yeah. like the way to go. You and can get it over at Coastal uh, Coastal Farms. Cool, Coastal yeah. Farm in Wilco, and it's also uh, double layered in. Uh, on like the knees and I think on some of the back too as well. So I it, think it's just the front, but I could be wrong. Right. And there might be other options got, out there. I don't know. There's a bunch of different options, but it is double layered. So like the wear on it is, yeah, it's 
fantastic. Cool. Just and breathable because well. it's Gore-Tex, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's great. And it's wide enough to get your boot through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember I ordered some on REI. They're like hiking pants because you were telling me about the Gore-Tex. I was like, yeah. oh, I'll give this a shot. But that was the problem I ran into, so I sent them back. Yeah. So uh, the ones I have, we had longer zippers installed on the side. Cool. You know, so I, to be honest, I don't even, it was when I was working for Sperry, so I didn't do it. You know, uh, they just got them all set up for the whole crew that way, but yeah. it'd be worth looking into, yeah. the you one, know, getting that zipper all the way up. The ones at Wilco or Coastal Farm, they just have a little snap or, or a little, um, yeah, a little snap, like a button. Cool. Yeah. That'll just, like, and split up. you can get your gear, your foot through. It's a little tougher with that button. Like, you will catch the heel a little bit and you just might have to. You know, kind of pop it through. I yeah. put I put my um, the tall spar boots on with with the rain gear. I take them on and off all the time with my tall spur boots, and I don't see any issue with it. So perfect so pants are they have bibs. Or yeah, so they're suspenders. bibs. They got and the other nice thing is in the they have a little pocket right at the top of the bib oh, nice. for your phone. So and which is bib protected pockets. by your rain jacket, so it's yep. not going to get wet. Nope. And if you need your phone while you're climbing, you're not like fishing through your harness or yeah. yep. you know it's just right there. You can also hide your snacks in there too. Oh yeah, <laughs> you can put all kinds of stuff in there. <laughs> like what? Anything? It, that's up to your imagination, okay. Corey. I, got right. pair of tinglies. I have a pretty yeah. small. Yeah, you need some extra tinglies. <laughs> <laughs> hide stuff in your grundens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Grundin stuffing. <Yeah. laughs> stuff it in my grundens. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go home and write a song. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. please do, please do. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't know what you have coming. <laughs> It'll be the new opening thing. Oh. <laughs> do we go back to our topic for kind of closing? Yeah, sounds yeah. like the watershed suite. You have the Arbor Tech, uh, uh, the the top, and then I have the uh, watershed bottom. Yeah, how's that top? I know a few people who have it. I love it. Yeah. Like, I love it. I didn't it's, know. It's did, you, did you look up the other Grundens or? Um, I, it doesn't look like it's the one I have. Okay. But yeah. But you know what? I think we've, uh, yeah, Watershed Gore-Tex. That's what I'm recommending. Yeah. yeah. And then the ArborTech, like it's got the zippers on the side, so it, it'll it fit over you with a helmet on. It's got a wide uh, zipper in the front, and then you've got the little um, thumb hole things on the sleeves. Nice. Thumb hole. So it's, it's got it's, a high neck too, right? It does. I've it, noticed it, that. It's got a, um, a hood that's tucked into it, so it's all, it'll the hood will collapse, and it'll make it a lot shorter and, like, or if you don't, you're not in a pouring rain situation. Um, but then it, it pops right out if you need it. So nice. yeah. I wonder how hard it would be to put some neoprene gaiters into my watershed. I'd have to go to a seamstress yeah. that does the waterproof tape. They'd probably take yeah, your, yeah, yeah. your watershed into a tailor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's get fitted. <laughs> That's the how we got the zippers on. An hour. <laughs> <laughs> I need some little thumb hole things. Help me out here. <laughs> I need some uh, wrist gaiters. It's going to get wild at the club. <laughs> uh, wow. Nice. Rain gear might be my favorite thing to talk about. Now. <laughs> <laughs> the next five gear reviews will oh, all be real. <laughs> We're going to take this whole well, podcast in a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Tingly Grundon podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Five stars, like and subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think we've uh, mined that mine for all it's got. (laughs) Oh, we got more. For now. For now. For now. Um, I, I'm a, I'm curious about the ArborTech ones though. Have oh you no. tried Gore-Tex <laughs> jackets? I gotta keep going. <laughs> I, I've got a so I've got a personal rain jacket. That's a Gore-Tex jacket, and it's I I don't notice much of a difference between the <laughs> ArborTech and the Gore-Tex. Okay, <laughs> why, why are we laughing? I, just, I can't believe how 
<laughs> how badly Jamie wants to know about this. Well, I need some new rain gear. Yeah. I, mean, I can tell. You, yeah. Yeah. These two I, things are tough choices. Yeah. It seems like. How are you not when, sold on? When you? we're all done with this, we'll head out to the garage and you can uh, check out the... You'll spray me with the hose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jamie, after this, let's head out to the garage. <laughs> you can check out my tingly grundings. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to spray you with the hose and your tingly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Worth every it's second. A yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a deal. It's a date. It's a date. What a good day! Yeah. Oh, man. I am actually crying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what is an arborist? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We I give up, you guys. We, we, we got to land this. Plane. We can't. We can't. We can't top this. All right. Oh man. All right. Well, after that craziness. I think we better wrap this up because it, <laughs> it's only spiraling from here. Yeah, we're going downhill. Um, so for our, our takeaway thoughts, uh, let's kind of get our takeaway on what is an arborist. Yeah, I mean, Becca pretty succinctly said it. It's a kind of a, a, a synthesis of um, scientific knowledge, passion for the work, and then, um, you know, uh, being competent. Like all of that wrapped together to make – a tree professional or an arborist um and it it does breed a, a certain kind of passion that i haven't really seen in any other industry like it's it's pretty rare it really is and i i can't put my finger exactly what's on it but i'm hoping through this series we can maybe get a little bit closer yeah um what i said before and echoing Corey here, definitely all of that. I think passion is a big part of it. Commitment is a is a big piece, um, and and it's exciting because there's so many facets to this industry that you know you can like dip your toes in every little thing, and then just kind of see what makes you come to life, and then just like throw yourself at it. And um, yeah, so. I think it's just about being excited about trees and and so much to the point where you dedicate your your livelihood and your personal life and your your uh, your heart and soul into making uh, trees safe and happy and yeah alive. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about the question <coughs> a little bit this week and what is an arborist? I'd say. Like trees are, you know, critical infrastructure. You know, we need these to be alive. And there is some risk with trees, you know, in the urban environment. Trees get really big. They do fail. So what I think an arborist was, my first thought was like, we're the first line of defense, but that makes it sound like, you know, trees are out to get you, which (laughs) they're not, but there's natural processes and things do happen. So we are, I've heard it before, we're like stewards of trees. We are... Mm -hmm the bridge between the forest and people, right? We live around, we moved in around these trees. We love them, appreciate them and need them. So we're there to make sure these things are safe and healthy so that we can continue to uh, coexist together. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Man, jeez. Thinking about it all week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here I am with stupid jokes. (laughs) (laughs) I can knock it out. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I think you guys summed it up better than I'm going to, honestly. Uh, so I'll just say, you know, it's a lot of things, you know, and I, I hope we can have some scientists on the show. Yeah. 
you know, I hope we can have, you know, we had Albie as a consulting arborist on and hopefully we'll have, you know, more consulting arborists, you know, and we're going to have a lot of climbers on and I hope we can really just get people from all points of the industry to come on and talk about it and, uh, you know, teach me more. Cause there's what I'm realizing is I've been doing this for a while and I'm still just kind of touching on what it means to be an arborist. And, and at the same time, an arborist is what, whatever you make it, you know, you're taking care of trees, you know, so it's obviously it's tree related, but you know, your, your career as an arborist is whatever you make your career as an arborist. And on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up. So everybody stay safe and watch your top knot. <laughs>